Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Fantasy Footballers Dynasty Podcast with Borg, Betts, and a baller. Welcome in. It's Wednesday, December 27th here, post-Christmas on the Fantasy Footballers Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Borganoni, and I'm joined by Matthew Betts and Jason Moore. Howdy, howdy. Well, Hello. How was your Christmas, everybody? It was great, man. It was great. Exhausting, but uh, but fun. How was yours? Eventful. <laughs> I had a I had a very full uh, Christmas weekend, and still going, still going. Love that. I mean, I got some slippers as usual. Oh, dad slippers. At this age, new slippers once a year. Um, yeah, I had an eventful week as well. I think Jason and I messaged a couple times, but. You know, just kids being kids, getting hurt, getting injured. Um, so, but bets yours was super short because your kids are so young that Christmas started at whatever time in the morning, and then it was just done, right? It, we were done about nine thirty a.m. in my house. Um, yes, yeah, so I have eighteen uh, month old twins, so they don't really get it. Uh, their favorite gifts, quote unquote, what, that what we got idiots. them. I know, right? Come on, <laughs> don't you know what you're supposed to do? Um, we got them, you know, just in their stockings, like little, uh, snacks they like to eat and stuff like that. And then we got them actual gifts, which they didn't really care at all about. And all they wanted to do was hold their little patches that they got, that they eat. So, um, we could have gotten them $2 gifts and returned everything else and they would have been just as happy. So, uh, you live and you learn, but it was a fun day as our first like real Christmas. So it was good, man. Yeah. Jason, you had those early days when you had twins with Christmas and it was probably way simpler. Uh, no, no, we did it up. I mean, you know, at that point, you don't know if you're going to have more and every Christmas is the first new big experience. So you spend and you build and you wrap and you do everything, even though it's all worthless. It's like when you take a little baby to Disneyland, which, you know, it, it does not, you should not do that. But you, no one can stop you from doing that. You you, you think it's really special for that baby who will not know it and will not remember it. I feel like there's so much of parenting that we could just fast track, but part of the process is, you know, just spending money on stuff that you'll forget you even had a week later. Yeah. And our kids will forget. Like half of the toys I bring out of the closet sometimes, they're like, 
I forgot I had this. And so maybe that's something I need to learn is just wait, hide stuff, bring it out. And it feels like they're new toys all over again. Absolutely. Wrap it again next year. <laughs> like this sounds oddly familiar, dad, but uh, I really like this toy. We are glad that you are with us. It is our last episode of 2023 for this dynasty episode, our dynasty podcast. And then as we turn the page in 2024, we're going to start talking about prospects and I'm pretty stoked. It's a pretty great draft class. We're going to start building the dynasty pass, going through all of those, start the scouting process. And, and I mean, it, it, it's to a good be, time. To be clear, we are not going away. It's just the yes. calendar is changing. We'll be here next Wednesday and the next Wednesday and the next Wednesday forever. Just, we, we don't go away. So, uh, yes, we got a lot of good stuff coming up for 2024. And I thought it would just be a good time to say that uh, if you want to go to footclanvote.com, you can vote on a couple of our podcasts that are up for awards. And that's not something I've been able to say before, but selfishly, Bets and I, the DFS and betting podcast is up for an award too, right? Who would have thought? They they said it couldn't be done. Um, but here we are, man. <laughs> here we are. So yes, what is the uh, the group that's putting on the awards? I forget what it is. Sports, Sports podcast. podcast. Okay, that yes. seems very simple. <laughs> it's a very simple award to win. Um, us and... Some other main show that maybe you guys have heard of. It's called The Fantasy Footballers. And Andy, Mike, and Jason, oh, you know, we really want to prop them up. They've never won anything before. So if you guys could please just make their dreams come true, uh, you know, they would really appreciate it. I think that's what Jason needs this holiday season. Like there's there's awards. They just don't have enough. They don't. You guys don't have any around the office. Anymore. No, it's never enough. Um, and I think we deserve it. <laughs> maybe. Maybe you do. Yeah. I I have a quick question for us. So on this episode, we're going to be talking about Dynasty Sink or Swim. That's what I've kind of set up this episode for. A lot of them are veterans that I think people are at the end of their season. You've probably got a turd over the last month and you're figuring out what do I do over the offseason? When is the best time to trade a player, to acquire a player? So we'll talk through some of the toughest situations in Dynasty. But I have a quick question for us and it has to do with Superflex Leagues. I'm... Curious, because this one comes in from Jay Stoop, 49. And the question is, with guys like Baker and Flacco, uh, he also named Jake Browning, Nick Mullins, emerging as late season boosts, do you guys have any takeaways for Dynasty Superflex Leagues? Because these guys have emerged from nowhere to maybe even not even on a roster, which is rare to say in a Superflex League that like, I mean, Joe Flacco should have been sitting on your wire, right? Like he was at home on the couch. So do you guys have any takeaways that it's more like strategy base or a take home for the future in super flex leagues? Cause we've seen a lot of these guys emerge out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, I I'm in a, a, a dynasty. It's kind of a dynasty best ball, but I'm in a championship right now. And I, I don't think I would be there if it wasn't for signing Joe Flacco um, off the waivers in a super flex. He's been phenomenal and, and helped score a lot of points over the last month to push me over the limit and I am usually in my super flex leagues still more of the <clears throat> late round quarterback drafter you know I'm, I might if if there's the ability in the first to grab one of the studs if this is a startup draft I'm going to grab one of the studs if I'm not there if I'm not in those first you know handful of picks then oftentimes I play with fire and load my roster up with running backs and wide receivers try to be better than everyone else and part of the reason for that in super flex leagues is because 
you can actually find guys off the waiver. Obviously, you would rather have a Jalen Hurts than a Jake Browning, but these guys every single year exist. This isn't a this isn't a one off. Twenty twenty three isn't like, oh my gosh, can you believe that there's these quarterbacks that you wouldn't have you know that were on dynasty waivers to start the year. Uh, you know, I I I think that uh, you can kind of bank on having enough people out there in these leagues and these super flex dynasties where I I've got my team loaded up on my rosters and super flex are loaded on mediocre bench level quarterbacks. I'm basically streaming off of my roster, you know, and, and I think that that's a, a viable way to play in a dynasty super flex. We've seen 58 different starting quarterbacks this year in the NFL. That's like way over the top. We, I mean, you've seen teams like the Vikings. They've had to go through four already, and they're already talking as of this recording that, hey, maybe we'll go back to Jaron Hall, who barely had a chance. So you're seeing all this influx of different – and the stat we always give is every year you are going to bank on at least 40 different quarterbacks giving you a top 12 performance. It's only 32 teams. So we're seeing an influx this year between injuries – ineffective play and I, I I love seeing guys that come in like Nick Mullins was a disaster this past week Nick Mullins was also awesome for fantasy because he just kept throwing and Jason you've mentioned this way too many times but like we almost like interceptions when you have quarterbacks that just go for it their yards per attempt is up so the opportunity for guys like this to step in and say I'm not just going to be a game manager I'm going to actually go for it has been incredible this year it's been uh, really interesting to see the quarterback play just in general on the NFL. But I think kind of when Jason was talking, I was thinking to myself, like, it, it sounds a lot like, uh, you know, in redraft circles or best ball leagues, like people often do an anchor running back strategy where you take a McCaffrey or, you know, someone in the first round and you just kind of wait on the middle options and then get late round guys. And like, if you have a Hertz, you know, maybe not this year, Mahomes, but historically Mahomes, Josh Allen, those just elite options at the top. Um the quarterback twos, we've talked about this just in startup strategies, you know, in this offseason as well, they get inflated in terms of their perceived value. But as we're seeing, like Jason said, year over year and this year, um, these kind of middling options don't a change your score enough to be meaningful to help you win. And B, they're at risk of losing their job. And, and that's kind of what we were talking about in the offseason was just the perceived value of like, I have a locked in starter for the next year or two years. No, you don't. Mac Jones is not starting, right? Desmond Ritter is not starting. So you lose those options instantly. And that's why building up your strength at running back, wide receiver, and tight end and kind of not forcing the QB2 issue to me is the optimal way to play Superflex. Yeah, what was the stat? I think we said like a third of the league almost turns over year to year from who's the starting quarterback in week one to the next year. So um, I, th I think in Superflex, just be open to the fact that you can win with different quarterback combinations. I'm in a league where I'm rebuilding and I was like, okay, so what does the championship matchup looks like? There's two really good teams. One team has Geno and Jared Goff, which is not anything special. And the other one, you know, it's like Russell Wilson and Baker Mayfield. It's like, okay, well, it's not great, but those quarterbacks have stayed alive the entire year. Russell has been, I feel like QB 14 every single week. Nothing special, but nothing that's bombed your team and they have a bunch of other studs. So you can win with so many different combinations. And I like that approach. If you're in a startup, take a stud and then take a shotgun approach, uh, approach knowing that you probably need three or four guys 
that um, you need to. And then here's my last question. When these guys could be available on your wire, is it better just to assume that they could be valuable rather than write them off? Because I, I look at these guys sometimes on Dynasty Wires and I'm like, I know who you know, Joe Flacco is. Why would I take a chance on this guy? Or Jake Browning, this guy's been a backup. His first game was terrible. I, I feel like it's easier for me to make up my mind about backup quarterbacks than being open to the fact that maybe they could be helpful. Always pick them up. Always pick them up. I mean, that's my rule. Um, they, you know, they can prove to be drop worthy. That's fine. But there's no reason to have a starting quarterback in a super flex league that is on the wire and, and, and they won't be, they'll be picked up by someone. Right. So it should be you. I guess I'm, I'm kind of slow the week before the pickup to even just like spend my fab not just in the off season or not just in dynasty i just feel like there's been so much turnover like even the vikings i've tried to guess three times who their starting quarterback was and i was wrong over and over again (laughs) yeah they've been trying to figure it out too and they (laughs) they can't unfortunately um but like jason was saying you you should pick them up because if you're not going to someone else will and if you have them quarterbacks in superflex you know are valued people want them people need them and worst case scenario is you have or I guess best case scenario is you have two or three legit options and you just have a trade piece on your roster oh, that you're getting yeah, a second lo- form or I'm whatever down the my... stretch that you wouldn't have otherwise had, right? So yeah, you should definitely be picking them up. I'm, I'm looking at my roster right now that's in the championship. Um, it's a it's super flex league. Let me name you my quarterbacks. I got nine of them on my roster. <laughs> I got Kyler and then Flacco, Jameis Winston, Trevor Simeon, Jared Stidham, Zach Wilson, Brock Purdy, Hinden Hooker, and Will Levis. I mean, you just you could shotgun this. And 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 at one point, Brock Purdy was just another pointless name, you know, and then all of a sudden, super valuable. And when you've got guys like Jameis Winston that, you know, you you're gonna have some backups on your roster for sure that aren't playing. Um, but as soon as they become starters, which you know, from the wire, go get them. Baker's the name from this list in this question that we've talked about a little bit recently. It's like, okay, well, it seems like they want to work out something. They're probably going to win the division. We've got to figure out with Mike Evans, but it would not shock me if a year from now we're talking about Baker Mayfield and going, yeah, we kind of knew he wasn't an NFL quarterback, like a starting NFL quarterback too long. So it's like you hold this with an open hand when you get gold from nowhere. Like Baker could have been out of the league. Or at least like, you know, just a backup nowhere. So just hold it with an open hand. I'm looking at some of these guys and I'm like, ah, a year a year from now, let me ask this question. Will we be talking about Joe Flacco? No. No, I think a year Probably. from now, Joe Flacco will not be playing football. I mean, after he wins the Super Bowl, he just retires. That's your thought? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I, nothing on this planet for football would make me happier than Joe Flacco being the starting quarterback for the Super Bowl champion Cleveland Browns. Because if that were to happen, oh, goodness gracious, <laughs> you cannot possibly go away from him. You can't say, thank you for your service. You won a Super Bowl. Now we've got to go to Deshaun Watson. That just would make me so happy. But won't happen. It has 1990s Disney movie like written all over it. Like guy off the couch, comes out of nowhere, rescues the team. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, Bets and I were talking earlier on, on DFS and betting podcast that like Joe Flacco is the story right now. 
and it, it's making us forget that Tommy DeVito's was even in the league or st- will be in the league next year. Um, out of like the public consciousness of like this is what everyone cares about now. So, yeah, love it, love it with Joe Flacco. Let's move on. Splash. That's that is it? another, that's a really old drop. Really, really old. Jason, that goes back to 2015. I don't know if we've used that drop since then. I, I, I am pretty confident I've never heard that, including 2015 when it was on my show. Yeah. So I thought it would, be, it would work for what we're calling Dynasty Sink or Swim. We're going to list some players and have some discussions talking about the value of these players. Maybe go in, in depth with, hey, maybe here's the reason why. Over the last, you know, six to seven games, why it's not gone so well. And then kind of discuss, is this a sinking player or a player that you're willing to swim with and actually put in the work? So sink, we're not saying cut this player. We're not saying this player's bad or they're never going to be good again. We're trying to say in Dynasty, is this is this a sinking asset? And that is one of the worst things in Dynasty because you can't just refresh and go to the next year. You're actually holding on to a player that used to have a ton of value and then all of a sudden they're sinking to the bottom of the ocean like a turd. It's just, you can't escape, you can't go any further. But with swim, what I want to say is you got to put in some work, all right? It's not just a simple, this player's old, we got to move on. If you put in the work in Dynasty, you can still extract value for another year. You can still figure out what what's a good trading option. Like last year, let's, let's go with, um, you know, Dalvin Cook. He would have been a candidate that if you would have, towards the end of the season said, I think this guy's a sinking asset. I need to trade before the deadline. Sweet. You probably got it. You maybe got a first because he was still a top 10 running back uh, in terms of what he did on the field. And then now all of a sudden, Bets, if I wanted to offer you Dalvin Cook, w- would you give me anything in return? <laughs> I would give you a fifth round rookie pick. No, I would. I don't even know if I would do that. Truthfully, <laughs> like he's he's basically out of the league at this point. And I can't believe the Jets paid him what they did, but um yes yeah, he's someone out there last year roster. someone out there last year had to trade dalvin for a first and raheem Mostert. <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah something ridiculous oh mercy um there's also players that are hitting a quote age range we've talked about old veteran players here where you can easily write them off and just say they're old they're done so like amari cooper was a top 10 wide receiver last year but if you look at the last month of the year with deshaun watson it wasn't good, right? You remember how bad Watson was? It could have been a player that you just cut bait with. And then you probably could have cut bait with Amari Cooper, what, like a month or two ago and just said, okay, well, this offense is toast. And now all of a sudden he's a league winner. So it is wild, the fluctuations in value for different players in Dynasty. But I want to open up this conversation and talk about the Chiefs because there's a lot of questions to ask. There's also a lot of overreaction that probably doesn't need to happen. I mean, this is still Patrick Mahomes, who's 28 years old. And in Dynasty, what we're talking here, you don't have to panic and just say he's done. He's not good anymore. He's not elite. This is a bad team. When we've talked last week, Mike mentioned, man, this guy's going to get some weapons soon. So, Betts, I've heard you say this before, and I think it's really important to explain this again to people, but things are never as bad or as good as they seem in fantasy football. So with Mahomes and the Chiefs, can you kind of use that adage as kind of a way to frame this team? I think it applies to the NFL too, right? I mean, uh, I, I mean, referenced this with the Raiders two weeks ago when they got shot out against the Vikings. 
Everyone was asking, you know, kind of at the podium, are you the guy for the job? Four days later, they put up 63 points. Everyone's, you know, throwing a party. No one cares about what just happened two weeks ago. Yeah, of course, things are never as good or as bad as they might seem. Um, but this, you know, from Mahomes and, and Kelsey, this, I think, game from Christmas really is what Mike was talking about last week. And it's like, when you don't have the dudes around Mahomes, and yes, he's Mahomes, so he can overcome it, you know, more than half the time. But when he doesn't overcome the issues as far as the skills, skill guys go, you can see where the floor really is. And, you know, that game specifically was a lot of just silly fumbles and defensive touchdowns and stuff like that. But he's running for his life back there and trying to create stuff on his own. And, you know, with Rishi Rice, he's been good. He's been a really good story, a good second round pick, obviously a hit for them. But beyond that, and Kelsey, you know, aging, they don't have other guys. So that's the issue that we were talking about. Yes, Mahomes is still going to be great. No, I'm not panicked on Mahomes. He will still have incredible fantasy days ahead. But with the current state of the team, we're seeing that you don't really have a locked in top five fantasy option every single week like you used to. And, you know, thinking about that, it's like, man, do we really just take for granted a Chiefs offense with Mahomes, Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill on the field together for all those years? So definitely things have changed quite a bit. I think we used to just pencil Mahomes in and say he's Superman. He will figure it out. And the problem with that, just locking in that that train of thought, is that it doesn't leave room to the fact that he will have human moments. And that's okay. Like, we've seen that with tons of quarterbacks who are all-timers. I mean, we'll, like, if you look back, like, Brady had seasons where you go, uh, okay, is he is he off the next in, year? He throws- in 2011, Tom Brady was the quarterback four, was great for fantasy. The next year was the quarterback three, was great for fantasy. Then the next year, he was the quarterback 13. And it seemed like, oh, things are slowing down. And then the next, the following years after that, he was a top 10 guy. And then he was the 18th quarterback the year after that. And then he was the third quarterback the year after that. And then he was the 14th. I mean, there are, what you need to know and what you already know is that Patrick Mahomes is great. <laughs> That's it. Um, there's going to be down years. Uh, this will be one of them. Next year could be another one back-to-back. I mean, I, I don't think it's a 0% chance that Travis Kelsey retires um, this offseason. We were talking about that in the studio today. I feel like he you know, he could play another five years for all I know, but I, I think he could walk away. I mean, you've, you've heard interviews of him talking about how he thinks about retirement all the time, and every single game that I'm watching, when I see him just take a massive hit, I'm like, as one hit closer to retirement, you know, he, he doesn't need the game anymore. Um, but I, I say all that to say like Mahomes in his career for fantasy in dynasty has been a pretty untouchable asset. The only time that you're able to acquire someone like that is when they have down moments um, you know, if, if Travis Kelsey retires this off season after Mahomes finishes this season, you know, as a, as a low end quarterback one, to me, that's the time to go get him. And it's not even to say that next year is going to be great. It's just going to say, now you have the chance to, to get a, an all-time quarterback. Have you guys seen, I mean, with the rumors of retirement, it's like he could go out with his brother at the exact same time and yeah. be able to say, you know, let's do this. So I, I think that's a really good point with Mahomes and just seeing a range of outcomes. I think we've never really like considered the low end at all. 
Like, not just saying he's done or he's not good, he's not good for fantasy, but just that year to year for quarterbacks, there is a low end outcome and it's called TD rate. Like, that that's one of the biggest things that if you're not getting these massive spike years, like, you know, you're going to have a, a low, low season. He also has zero rushing touchdowns this year. So that's not something that we usually would see. You know, you add in two or three or whatever. Uh, that's part of it. But I looked up this stat um, and I thought, it was really telling of what the offense is. And maybe you guys could color in the details of, you know, how much you guys love MVS and Justin Watson, all the rest of the guys. But um, Mahomes this year, he is throwing to a non-first read 34% of the time. This is from Arjun Minon on Twitter, but that's the highest of his entire career. And it makes sense when you look at the offense and you see, like he's having to think whatever this play is, I'm going to improv and the improv we're always used to with Mahomes, it's just not working out the same. So I, I just I worry sometimes with players that we just kind of assume like they they have a superhuman trait if it's just gone. Like Russell Wilson was always that player, that off script, you're just you are unbelievable. And there's a certain point in somebody's career, I'm not saying it's there for Mahomes, but a certain point where it's just an outlier thing that isn't gonna happen every single year. So I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts on just that that we're banking on every single time we look at him play on a field? I think that's what the Chiefs are banking on currently, right? Like they're like, we know we don't have the guys, but like we're hoping you can just, you know, um accommodate for it and be Superman on every play. And that's where the Chiefs shortcoming is, is when Mahomes can't be Superman, someone misses a block, he's under pressure, whatever his receivers aren't open um he's taking off like crazy he's running more than he has in his, in his nfl career ever because he has to be superman so um if that thing if those things start to fall apart a little bit and you have that floor you know that's really what we're seeing i think with the chiefs offense is just that they don't have the dudes to support him so we'll see what happens but i think just to turn the conversation back to kelsey we didn't really put a bow on it for him like is he a sinking asset or do you have a couple more years i know we mentioned the retirement stuff but i was looking at while you were talking kyle some of his just advanced stuff as far as like his average up the target uh, has gone down in six straight years his yards route run right now is going to be the lowest uh since 2016 so like there's kind of some warning signs of like is this the end and, and maybe next year he comes back and catches nine touchdowns and because of the state of the tight end position he's still good but like i don't know i feel like he's a, a tricky piece because when you have him you have this perceived you know upside but there's a lot of really good young tight ends that maybe you don't have that tight end one in a season anymore jason you have him in dynasty you also have trey mcbride in that yeah, league so yeah, so it's kind of a but if you let's just say you didn't have trey mcbride what would you be doing with travis kelsey right now and you just mentioned like the range of outcomes is he's retired and i cannot trade this player for anything yeah that that's in the range of outcomes you, you know it's never as good as it seems never as bad as it seems unless it's that you know, it's as bad as it seems if he retires. It's a zero. It's done, you know. And what's the worst is that not only will he score you zero points, but he will stay on your roster. You know what I mean? Like, he's one of those the very, very rare guys that will be retired and not on the waiver wire in fantasy dynasty leagues. You know, you're you're going to wait for Gronk for the comeback for the oh he's gonna itch next year and come and dominate and so um he'd be a hard ass I, I i mean i already know right now like we are when this offseason hits and trading is opened back up 
we're going to see what we can get for Kelsey. Um, we're going to need to, and there is value there. Uh, this is one of those where you've got to call your shot. If you think he's going to play for a couple more seasons, he's worth anything. I mean, you know, even even this year, while we're disappointed the last few weeks, he slowed down, he hasn't been great. He's a super valuable fantasy asset at a very difficult position. So I think you're not wrong to try and call your shot and trade for him um, if you think he's going to play a while. I will be doing the opposite. I will be selling Travis Kelsey, trying to squeeze as much as I can out, get the best deal I can, and uh, capitalize. Because to me, Mahomes is obviously a swim and and Kelsey is a sink. And you know what? We still have the playoffs. We know that this team could easily turn it on in the AFC and make some noise. So maybe that'll boost his value. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey guys, LeVar Arrington here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before or check out the fully redesigned tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a toyota truck you buy toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com toyota let's go play places all right we're back and you know and i i gotta ask this question because we finished mahomes we talked about kelsey last week mike kind of went through the tight end rankings of like hey just based on gut alone this is where i would rank these players but i wanted to get a feel of where we would put mahomes just as a practical exercise right now you know we don't we're not going through real rankings and saying this is going to be what it is, but Mahomes is kind of the unquestioned guy in Dynasty. Uh, 101 in Superflex. That's where he was. So, would you say that you are putting Allen and Hurts above him based on just the unpredictability of Kelsey and question mark of whatever they add? So, where where would you put Mahomes in your Superflex Dynasty startup rankings? I mean, you could still argue. I think you could argue for him as the top guy if you wanted to make that argument. I think I would have uh, Hertz and or Allen. Well, it probably Hertz actually above him. I'm not sure about Josh Allen, but with Hertz, the reason is I know he's tied to AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. At least uh, AJ Brown for a couple more years. Devonta Smith 
He'll pick up his first uh, fifth year option in two years. Is that correct, Kyle? I think. No, this offseason they have to make the decision. Which they will. So he'll 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 have those guys for another couple of years. Um, and it we'll see what they do with the tush push as far as the NFL ruling. But as long as that's in play for another year or two, depending on what happens, like you get those goal line opportunities as well. So I think just those factors would kind of give me the slight edge on Hertz over uh, Josh Allen, who has question marks with Diggs, and then Pat Mahomes who has question marks with Travis Kelsey. Otherwise, you can make any argument you want for those guys. With yeah, the I mean, tush push, I just want to say, like, do you think that he just starts going butt first and then just they have to change the rules for that? Does Definitely. that change anything? I really <laughs> hope that if they do outlaw the tush push, um, which I, I hope they do not, but should they, I really hope they find a way to legally beat the system again. You know, it's like, oh, they say you can't have two guys lined up behind and, and, and push on this player and they just find some way to skirt the rules or, or break the system. I just, you know, I like when I love it. someone can come up with something that's unstoppable I, I i really enjoy it now i've got jalen hurts everywhere he was a my guy for me last year i drafted him you know in pretty much all my dynasty leagues because i believed in the talent when people were saying he was a bad quarterback and um and so i'm biased because i've had all these rushing touchdowns and i love them but at the same time it's really on brand for me i love i love a superpower that can't be stopped i want a beat down uh, and so I hope it doesn't go away. I really, really do. Uh, Hertz is the number one dynasty quarterback to me. I don't think that's really easy to debate that he's not. Um, for me, it would go Hertz, Allen, Mahomes. I, uh, so I have Josh Allen, and I've enjoyed the ride for a while. So it's hard for me. I mean, it's the same thing you were saying, Jason, like, for the last couple of years, if you've had these two players on your team, you're like, gosh, it's been locked in, elite quarterback one play over and over. But yes, Hertz is two years younger. And with Josh Allen, we do have some question marks, which leads me into my next player. It's Stephon Diggs. He is the sink or swim player that a lot of people are making their minds up this offseason. I think people would argue the Bills are trying to figure out. Stephon Diggs is trying to figure out if I want to be a part of this team. But he's 30 years old. This is his ninth year in the NFL, and I don't know if you guys have seen his contract, but he is currently under contract for four more years with this team. He still has over $40 million guaranteed left on his contract, so the money's going to show up somehow, some way. Before we get into his performance and the way this team has changed, do you, th- I mean, do you guys have any read on just the vibes of what this team thinks? Because he is a volatile player. He's always been that way. But now it's like, it wouldn't shock me if he was traded. It wouldn't shock me if he wants to be on the team next week. Oh, man, I don't think there's any way you can get a read on the human being situation of Stefan Diggs with any anybody. Um, you've got a lot of history of crazy diva wide receivers getting their way out of teams in situations where they should have stayed. Uh, that's like the only thing you can kind of look to here to say maybe the, he demands a trade. And if he does, I think the team would trade him. Um, you know, but he's going to be, be playing football for a while uh, with his contract. And, um, you know, it, it, he is 
at his lowest value he's ever had right now because he's obviously at his oldest and he's had about two months of really bad performances. I can find a way to excuse almost every single one of those performances. And eventually I find myself going, man, when you make this many excuses, maybe it's not the excuses. Maybe it's the man. I feel like I keep making excuses, but I am currently as of this recording still in the place where I don't think he's lost it. Really? I don't. I think Stefan Diggs is great. I think he will be very good for fantasy. Um, it's just, it's starting to, it's starting to wear on you to keep saying that and feel like, oh man, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Sometimes you got to stick to your guns on what you believe, um, and see it through to the other side. I mean, we'll have an answer to see if he, if he gets it back together or if this is the new normal for Stefan Diggs, but Josh Allen is great. Stefan Diggs has looked good on his underperforming numbers. And as far as what the future holds, there is just no way to predict. The only thing you can look at is he's under contract. The situation should be good going forward. Are you more worried than me? Either of you, if you have digs, are you, are you actively trying this off season to get something for him? Cause usually in general, when you've got a, a player this age, I am, you know, when, you know, we talked about that coming into this season. Devontae Adams was on fire, was amazing, was, you know, a top three wide receiver, and I'm actively trying to trade him away for a young stud and a and a first. Um so but where are you at with Diggs? Yeah, I think I kind of fall in that line as well, where similar to the Devontae Adams thing, where it's like, man, if it's not this year, maybe it's next year. But it's coming pretty quickly. And I think that's kind of concerning for me on the situation is the Bills are winning by not force-feeding him the ball. Like, they've got a balanced rushing attack, which has been great. They did not have that at all last year. And it was, okay, Josh Allen, save us, and where is Stephon Diggs? And occasionally, where is Gabe Davis? But now that they have ancillary pieces stepping up out of the backfield, they've got Dalton Kincaid, talented rookie. Um, Gabe Davis literally will come out of nowhere for a huge game. So they don't have to force-feed him the rock like they did last year. And you're seeing that drop off in his production but they're winning. So it's like if you're the, the Bills franchise, you do some self-reflection. You're like, man, this has been really good for our offense. I don't think we have to keep doing what we used to do. And so that's my concern with Steph Diggs. Now, we have a huge sample of Diggs being awesome in the NFL. And it's only been, what, five, six weeks kind of has this change has happened. So I don't want to get too stuck on a small sample. I do think we'll have another couple of years that are very productive, whether it's with Buffalo or another team. So my fear is that the Bills keep doing what they're doing. Diggs has some mediocre box scores. And then in the offseason, his perceived value is just not enough that you're almost like, okay, well, I guess I'll just hold him and hope for the best. So that's kind of where I'm at with Diggs. If someone's willing to pay, you know, top market dollar for him, sure. But I just don't think that that's going to be happening uh, this offseason. Right now, so you probably don't have a trade window open, but as we get to the offseason, things open up after the Super Bowl, it is possible that his value does see a boon. Now with Joe Brady becoming the OC, their pass rate over expectation has dropped a ton. They're bottom seven since week 12, but his target share is still there. 32%, 29% targets per outrun. It's kind of like how you mentioned Jason, like you can look at box scores and just say, Oh, he's done. 
but he's still slaying in the areas that he's always been good in, in the intermediate area this year. He's awesome. He's tied for the league lead with six receiving touchdowns in that 11 to 19 yard area that we care about a lot. And Josh Allen is one of the best in the league. The area that has dropped off is the deep place. And you see that with a lot of aging wide receivers. It's just like, you don't have the same speed anymore. Um, they're not throwing to you as much there. He's never going to be a yak guy. He's pretty small. So on the year, just to give some numbers, he has 20 deep targets. He's caught five of them. Only one of them is a contested catch. And they've also had three interceptions. So those deep balls have not gone so well. Since Joe Brady took over, he has six targets of 20 plus air yards and zero receptions. So the deep balls being taken away, I still think he's fine. I just, for a dynasty manager, which I am, I feel like right now, if I were to trade him, I would not get fully what I want. There is an ounce where I still can see a wide receiver one season next year and I can hold on. I also think if he's good enough and my team stinks, I could trade him in season for even more. So it's like, there's like a tension of when do I trade him and is he good enough? But Jason laid it out. Dynasty wide receivers, when they hit age 30, it's not good. When they hit age 31, we mentioned before the season, Julio Jones dropped off a cliff. That's when you traded him, Jason. Mm-hmm. Uh, was was between that age, I think, 30 season. AJ Green, same thing. DeAndre Hopkins, we're seeing with Devontae Adams, and I think we're going to see it with Diggs. So the window was probably six weeks ago. <laughs> well, Kyle, yeah, you're, you're the one that has Diggs. Are you planning to try to move him this offseason? I couldn't move him because I was trying to compete, and then I got kicked out of the playoffs. No, no, no. This this coming offseason. We're we're trying to decide because we have an Allen Diggs stack, and we don't want to break it up, but we also recognize that our window is closed in a lot of aspects, um, but we do have George Pickens. <laughs> Just throw that in there. <laughs> one game, one game that doesn't matter at all. So, um, yeah, so I'll give you some names. Would you guys rather have Stephon Diggs or the 107 in the upcoming rookie draft. Diggs. Uh, you know, truthfully, I haven't done a lot of homework yet on this class, so that's tough for me to answer, but I think I'd take a mid first. It It's tough because whoever I'm taking there, if it's in a non-super flex league, I'm taking the, what would you guys say, fourth best wide receiver, fifth best? And Probably. So it's a, am I getting... Quentin Johnston, am I getting Traylon Burks? Like those are the kind of names the last couple of years that have been available at that spot. And I could also hit gold and and find somebody else there, but it's not a guarantee. A late for mid to late first for a player that I don't know. Would you guys say that Stefan Diggs, let's say he's not a top 10 wide receiver anymore? Does he have at least two years left to be a top 20 to 24 receiver? I definitely uh, yeah, I I I think so. And I I th- I don't believe it's over with him as a top 10 wide receiver either. Okay. All right. I think you guys have talked me into staying the course and then just not winning a championship because that's kind of like been my (laughs) MO in that league recently. I I want a young proven commodity. You know what I mean? Like, like Jordan Addison or something like that. You know, I want to know when you're trading for a one Oh seven, um, your, your odds at a complete and utter whiff are just a little too high for me. I want to, I want to be able to see the proof on the NFL field that like, Oh yeah, that this guy, this guy is going to work. Um, give me someone young who maybe hasn't broken out all the way yet, 
but I can be confident in it. Yeah. Well, I think he'll be one. Of, I mean, we'll we'll get information, right? We're going to get information, hopefully, about his status and what the team wants to do. Let's take one more break, and we'll be right back. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey guys, LeVar Arrington here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before or check out the fully redesigned tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a toyota truck you buy toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com toyota let's go play places all right we're going to talk about a couple more players for sink or swim the first one here is deandre swift who turns 25 in two weeks so he's still pretty young his fourth year in the nfl and he'll be a free agent i was looking up some other running backs he's younger than jalen warren who feels like he's just got in the league he's younger than ty chandler who i think everybody loves ty chandler right now He's younger than Najee Harris, but I'm pretty sure everybody is younger than Najee Harris in Dynasty. And then a name that shocked me, he's younger than Ramondre Stevenson and Josh Jacobs. So he's super young. If you've had DeAndre Swift in Dynasty, like what a roller coaster ride from where he was coming in as an early second round pick in the NFL to I looked up his the height of his Dynasty ADP, guys. At one point, he was the RB5 in startup drafts. So he was like way up there. And then this past year, I could have given you DeAndre Swift and you would have said, I don't want that guy. Uh, He was down at RB22, 23, 24 in startups. And then this year, I felt like he was a valuable piece that hopefully you got some value out of. So Jeremy and I in a league, we had DeAndre Swift and we held out and we held out until in the middle of the season, a contender wanted him and we traded Swift for a first, 2024 first, and Luke Musgrave and felt like we did pretty good for ourselves. Yeah, I, I that's think what you that's want us a, to tell you uh, that you made a good trade. I yeah. think you made a, a fine trade for what your team was and, and where it's at. I mean, if you look at his future, you can talk about his age all you want, but age is, age is overblown at, at running back to me. It's more about contract situation and and you know what's your what's your contract age. He is going to be a free agent and we don't know where he's going to play next year. And we don't know, you know, we do know that the Eagles are a great spot for him, 
and that they do not pay for running backs. They are not going to pay big dollars for DeAndre Swift. They That would blow my mind. Uh, it won't happen. Um, so either he comes back on a cheap team-friendly deal or he tries to go out and get the most money he can from any team in the league. And and that's my expectation after a good year where he's looked really um, explosive, I think, and he's got a big enough name where I think he'll get a contract this offseason. And then it's just a matter of, like, where does he go? You know, you had two decent contracts this offseason that I think could be a blueprint for DeAndre Swift in David Montgomery and Miles Sanders. When you go to a good team like the Lions, your fantasy value is pretty good. Your scoring opportunities are pretty good. When you go to a terrible team like the Carolina Panthers, who have to pay up to have you come to their franchise, Miles Sanders is done. And so I can see both types of that being the outcome for DeAndre Swift. So getting a first rounder for him when there's that much question, I I, I think you made a good deal. Plus Musgrave. Bets. Yeah, I, I felt pretty good. Bets, you are boots on the ground. You are a local Philly reporter of all things that are Kelly Green. So w- what is the sentiment of what he's done this year? And then I agree with Jason. It's like, I hate saying that it's kind of foregone conclusion, but it would shock me if he stayed there in Philadelphia. And then you look at that running back room and it's like, well, I mean, Kenneth Gainwell's got one more year left and they got nothing else. Yeah, I think what's kind of wild about the situation, like if you go back to week one, remember, it was the Kenny Gainwell show. Like Swift was kind of this afterthought and then Gamewell missed week two because of ribs. Swift went bonkers and they said, oh, sweet, look what we have. And he really took the job. Now, that said, I completely agree with what Jason had mentioned where they're not going to pay him. And he is a hometown kid. He's from the Philly area. So maybe that he says, I'll take the discount and stay with my hometown team. But it's probably his last chance to get paid. And if I'm him and I have a game against the Giants and then the Cardinals and then the Giants, I'm trying to put everything on tape and go get a contract. So I do think there's a real chance he leaves, especially considering that Philly's not going to pay him uh, what other teams will. And so when you leave, you know, a situation where you're playing behind a great offensive line and go somewhere else, could it get better in theory? Sure. Could it get worse? Definitely. Which we saw with Miles Sanders. And the only reason I say it could get better is because he doesn't have a goal line role because Jalen Hurts just takes everything. So that's really to me where it goes. But I think the most likely scenario is that this is going to be a downgrade moving forward. And then he's just another year older, another year older, and slowly the value drops off. I think we wouldn't argue if he's talented enough. It's the usage that it's hard to figure out. Like before this past week against the Giants, where, you know, he had a good game on the ground, took him a while. Like in the first half, he was doing nothing and then kind of exploded in the second half. I mean, the Eagles lost three straight. He was the RB 27, 40, 47, 28. And over a month span, guys, he had 12 receiving yards total. So I think what we we want with Swift or what we've always wanted him to be is what Jameer Gibbs was, like just this explosive back that's being used all over the field and not taken out on certain drives. So, I, yeah, he needs to find a role where he gets more than five rushing touchdowns. I think that could happen at, you know, being only 25 years old, but anything more than a two-year contract, I think would would shock me. And I haven't really done free agency scouting just yet, but I mean, who's going to pay this guy? I mean, he's going to want more than $10 million, and I don't know if he's worth it. 
No, which Probably means not. it's going to be a bad team. You know what I mean? Like the who pays for a dumb team? Who pays more than you should for a position you shouldn't pay a lot to? Poorly run franchises, and so it, I I don't see an upgrade possible for Swift. Swift is getting a downgrade this off season. Man, that's that's just a great thought exercise. Just look around the league and ask yourself who's done dumb things in the past. And who could do the same dumb things? Now, if Dave Gettleman was there with the Giants and Saquon moving on, I could say, oh, cool. They'll they'll probably pay a bunch of money. This guy killed us in division. We got to get this guy on our team. But (laughs) um, who knows? He'll probably be a Falcon. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Of course he will be. (laughs) No, take that back. Take that gross (laughs) statement out of your mouth. Disgusting. They love, or if, if Arthur's still there, there's no way he's hitting anyone to take care of some Tyler Algier. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, the Browns, maybe if if they're worried about Chubb's recovery, that's not a bad destination. They no, I'm trying to think of the good destinations from teams that are usually that usually make poor decisions. Like I know the Browns, they're doing great right now. I'm happy for the Browns fans, but you you know, this is the organization that just went and gave a giant guaranteed contract to you know to Voldemort. We know who it is. Yeah, and then. Um, so I could see them doing that. I could see the Chargers being like, we won't pay you, Austin Eckler. We're going to pay a guy that's three years younger and it's just as explosive and screw themselves over even more down the line. And It's so hard when you start thinking of teams and what's the logical place. And when it comes to running back contracts, we got to see what the market is because there are guys, the Saquons, that Josh Jacobs, that we would say are going to get contracts. And then... You know, there's the second tier and then there's the Tony Pollards. Like, I don't know where all of these guys are going to slot in, but there there actually is a pretty good running back market uh, this year. I just think that people are wising, wisening up. I look last year and the money that was given out. It's like, wait, there was a contract given out to Jamal Williams for multiple years. Like, there, there's just, there's some weird contracts from last year for running back. So, all right, one more name. This is a name that's pretty near and dear, I think, to both of your hearts. You two have been truthers for a while with Terry McLaurin. Turns, or he's 28 years old. He's been in the year of the league for five years. And guys, he just got engaged. Just did some deep diving. So. Wow. Thank you for letting me know that. Were yeah, you Terry, Terry his, needed his Instagram or something or what, Kyle? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it was posted on, on X. Come on, man. X oh, is going to give it to you. That's the place of it's going to give it to you. Um, <laughs> so he's got... Looking at his contract, he's got one to two years left, depending on what they do with his dead cap numbers. So here's the thing about McLaurin, the offense, all of that, is that McLaurin also has this part that's a human element that when you think of the commanders and you think of leaders and vocal leaders, he's been the guy and the most well-liked player on the commanders for years. So my question about McLaurin is that you've never really gotten high-end production. You've gotten good, but not like great production from him. He's been wide receiver 28, 21, 25, 14, 32. That's a good NFL career, and he got a second contract. But we're entering the years where you look at this player, it's going to be 29 this next year, and ask yourself, can I get anything else out of him in Dynasty? Is he sinking or swimming? And does he still carry a name for people? Because I think people look at Terry McLaurin and think, that's a locked-in wide receiver, too, for my team when this year it hasn't been at all. Like, you can't count on him apart from two blow-up games. It's been pretty bad. So, 
Is McLaurin a player that you are trying to acquire because it's a little cheaper, or is there too many unknowns with this team moving I, forward? I'm not trying to acquire Terry McLaurin, no. I, I think, you know, he's kind of capped on his upside. You don't see a situation where the quarterback is going to vastly improve or the coaching staff, you know, I, I would imagine this offseason that they change the coaching staff. That would be Please. my 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 current guess. And so but the quarterback is the issue. And Terry McLaurin is okay. But even though, you know, he still he always he came in so old, <laughs> you know, the fact that he's only been in the league five years and, you know, he's gonna be twenty nine I don't think that there is a massive upgrade coming for him the way that there was for, you know, DJ Moore's situation changed and he finally got out of that, you know, purgatory of of quarterback play. I don't know that that happens quick enough for Terry McLaurin, and his name is good. Right now, I think that there's a legit chance that Brissett takes over the rest of the season. We don't know. As of this recording, um, they have refused to name a starter. Uh, for this upcoming matchup against San Francisco. But what we have seen from Brissett is that he he certainly likes Terry McLaurin and targets him more um, than, than Howell. And so if he finishes the season strong, I think his name recognition carries enough weight to be what you said, Kyle, where the other people in the league will say, okay, this is like a, a solid wide receiver two that I can kind of just rely on as a weekly starter. And you can get something for that. And I don't know that he is actually someone you can rely on as a as a weekly starter. Certainly not yeah. someone you should rely on as a weekly starter. Right now, only 41% of his games are hitting the 10.5 point half PPR uh, benchmark that we look for for wide receivers. Yeah, and I'll just speak to someone who has Terry in a couple leagues. One where I was kind of on the fringe and I like needed to make a push. You're going to speak the to this person? I'm speaking to this person, which is okay. myself. All right. Look um, at the mirror and, and continue. And <laughs> Listen here, Betts. Uh, I tried to upgrade, you know, from McLaurin to a more proven guy or someone that at least had more upside. And like just in my leagues where that was the case, like no one really wanted him. So I feel like the Sad. value. I know because he's great. Um, but the reality is the situation is what it is. And I think he wants to be in Washington. Obviously, he got the deal. Like you said, he's kind of been the face of the franchise when they went through some pretty uh, rough times as far as the public perception of them. So, like, I think he likes that he's there, and, and obviously they like him. But, you know, you've got the current situation as is, or, and I know you just posted this, Kyle, like the current top 10 picks of the upcoming NFL draft. Like, Jason has mentioned, and I, I think there's a large amount of us that agree, like, they want how to be the guy, but, like, is he actually the guy if they're on the clock and they have the choice to take a guy that they value as a rookie like is Terry now playing with a rookie quarterback and we know what that does usually so there's a lot of moving parts here and I think when the dust settles you just kind of have to accept like Terry probably just is who he is which is like a flex player for your roster at this point a wide receiver three most likely for your dynasty team which is fine but not going to win you your league Washington holds the third pick uh Arizona's at two which uh I'm sure you're happy about that Jason so it's a valuable pick because what you're looking at, and I think most people would say is, oh, well, it's probably Marvin Harrison and two quarterbacks, or it's Marvin Harrison, a quarterback, and a, an offensive lineman. We're still really early in the, in the draft season, but 
if they were to take a quarterback, do you think that boosts his value in people's mind? Like if it's if it's Drake, if it's Drake May or if it's Caleb Williams, who's at least exciting a name. This is more like selling value. Do you think that you can get a late first for Terry or an early second? Is that where the line is? I think you can get a second, an early second. I I, I don't believe that a a high end big name rookie quarterback will bump Terry up. Most fantasy managers are wise enough now to be aware of what happens when a when a rookie quarterback comes in. It's very very rare that a rookie quarterback is going to come in and support a, a high end wide receiving option. Obviously, you could try to talk about C.J. Stroud and and be like. Ah, look, maybe this is going to be his C.J. Stroud, and McLaurin's just needed this guy. This will be the best quarterback that he's ever played with. You can have that narrative, but I think most people know that that's not how it works out usually, almost ever. I mean, rookie quarterbacks, they're not usually good. I mean, you got Herbert, you got Stroud. I feel like that is pretty much the end of the list. Yeah, Baker was good for his year yeah but Uh, did he support like baker was good that year did he support support. a great wide receiver no No. i mean it it just it cj stroud hopefully can can move um unwise fantasy managers and maybe you can get a first for him but i i would be i would be very very happy to get a first for terry mclaurin i've never been a terry truther but i think just selfishly because he's so likable as a person He's like, well, as like a leader, I want him to go somewhere where he's like a valuable veteran that can like, he could be a part of a team, be the wide receiver too. And the team could make a run like, you know, Anquan Bolden later in his career was like a valuable wide receiver to four teams. He was on the Ravens. Like he was a good NFL player that finally had a shot to be with a good team. So it's either like you want him to retire as like Mr. Commander and like be a part of the team in the the front office, or you want him to go somewhere and compete with a good team. Like, I don't know. I guess I wouldn't hate it if he was a chief. Just just somewhere where he's like valuable. Yeah, it would be so nice if, like, I would I would. He's one of the very rare situations where I feel like I would, ra- I would like his value more if he was a free agent. I don't like that he's under contract for the Manders for a couple more years. Yeah, Agreed. his. His dead cap next year is $29 million. So it's, I'll be there. Uh, all right, I'm going to throw out this one question with him, and then we can wrap up. Would you rather roll the dice with Quentin Johnston in Dynasty or Terry McLaurin? That Terry is McLaurin. an easy Terry McLaurin for me. Okay. Would you rather roll the dice with Jamison Williams or Terry McLaurin? Jamison Williams. I think he's going to be involved and integrated into the offense next year. And he is actually talented. I'm, I'm not sure Quentin Johnston is. I wait, was this Terry McLaurin or Quentin Johnston? <laughs> He's saying he doesn't think Quentin Johnston's talented. He, he thinks Terry McLaurin's talented. No, I think, okay, I, I think Jamison, <laughs> I think Jamison Williams is, is a talented prospect. Whereas I don't think Quentin Johnston is a talented prospect. Yes, I agree. Um, I think I would still take Terry, but very close. I, I think this is the gamble that you take in Dynasty is you have an aging asset that could work in a certain situation for a certain team. And if you want to flip them for a younger player who 
hasn't quite done it yet, but you see glimpses, then that's where you flip it to Jameson Williams. Because I could I, I could see either side, you know, Terry McLaurin, Jameson Williams. But um, those are the gambles that you have to take. And hopefully you hit gold with a player like that. That's going to do it for this episode. Next week, we will get to do a Dynasty Awards episode where we walk through and say who the most valuable players of the year have been. And we'll get to see you again next week. Thanks for joining us. Go to footclanboat.com. You can vote on those podcasts. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Footballers Dynasty Podcast. If you want to take your dynasty skills to the next level, check out the fantasyfootballers.com. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.